This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands and Camarillo, California. It's time once again for the Marketing Geeks, and we have a show for you that is just going to be personal. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we're going to share some great information with you. Man, it is going to be a doozy. This one's going to be so personal, in fact, that I'm a little... I'm a little sensitive because there's going to be some real, real personal stuff shared on this episode. We're going to get raw. We're going to get uh, real. We're going to really authentic, just, authentic. It's going to be authentic, and you know, authentic, authentic is the key in this day and age. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how I operate to have a successful, full-blown social media marketing powerhouse for any business. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give away all my secrets on this episode. It's going to be amazing. You are just so vulnerable right now. I just can't believe how vulnerable you are. It's incredible. Oh my gosh. I am so vulnerable. I'm like a, I'm like a little naked baby underneath my desk. <laughs> and now once again, it's the Marketing Geeks. Hello, everybody. Marketing I'm, Geeks. Uh, man, it, it feels like it's been a second. I don't know why, but... Uh, it does. Well, I think it's because we like cranked out, what was it, like four episodes last in the last like week and a half? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And, I hope, and then I we hope, took a couple days off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope it was valuable for everybody. Um, uh, I, I have to say that I've, uh, I've enjoyed some of our guests. They've been, they've been really... Uh, really great. And, uh, you know, we're, we've actually have now some bigger guests, uh, not bigger, but just in more different guests lined up. And, uh, uh, yeah, feedback's been great. And we're still chasing, we're still chasing some whales. We're chasing some big, big names right now. And they're, they're in the mix. So stay tuned because I think we're going to land one of these suckers. Yeah, I think so too. And then, uh, when you, <laughs> when you hear the name, uh, of the people that we're going to have, you're going to like, job will drop like a cartoon character but um we've got uh we've got some uh really great great uh things coming up before we do uh why don't we take a quick break and uh let's hear from our sponsors so we can pay for our awesome podcast so we'll be right back look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So uh, yeah, now 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 we just paid for your coffee. Yes, and I'm I'm uh, I'm drinking it right now, and it's you know what the best kind of coffee is. Tell me, free coffee paid for by our listeners. Oh, thank you, listeners. And all you had to do was just listen to that previous commercial. Um, so uh, for this particular show, no guest. But what I want to do is I, I I I did something that I normally don't do. It's like being in a relationship where you change your relationship status. You know. But like you have to be sure before you do that. Uh, I uh, I changed my uh, my job status. So the way that that just the way I've been operating here in the Netherlands is uh, I have several clients. But uh, what I've been doing lately since I've gotten here is I I I, ha- I have like one client that I will have for uh, six months or a year, and that will be my main client. And I'll boost up their uh, their marketing. I'll 
I'll, you know, help them with, with everything that they need to really get their uh, business operational. And then I'm like, uh, you know, Kane from Kung Fu. I just like, <laughs> you know, do my thing. And then I'm off to the next town to, to fight some cowboys with my Kung Fu techniques. <laughs> so uh, I love it. I love that's, it. <laughs> that's what I do. But, uh, but I, I, uh, I, and I, you know, I had some smaller uh, companies that I didn't really want to put on my profile, but this was, uh, I, I now have one of the best gigs I've had uh, probably ever. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. So uh, what I did was I changed my uh, career uh, title on uh, on LinkedIn. And next thing I know, I'm getting, mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of people like, congratulations on the new job. So I've been uh, personalizing messages and sending it to each one and telling everyone that, hey, you can listen to the podcast. I'll tell you all about my job. So that's I, as promised. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, uh, I updated, uh, I updated my LinkedIn profile as well. I just wanted to share this. Oh, and I even, uh, so I, I highlighted marketing geeks in big ways. My, my cover image now has a photo of marketing geeks in the corner. No way. Uh, my headline, my headline now says I'm a co-host of the show marketing geeks. And my photo was transitioned from a, a photo of me, like in a suit looking nice to a photo of me just wearing my white hat, just rocking it. Just like I do. That's just how I roll. That's just how you roll. That's just how you roll. Well, I, I got to be on brand, man. I got to be on brand. I can't just be this fake corporate lackey. I got to be me. <laughs> you got to be me. <laughs> so, uh, 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 so anyway, I, I'm, I'm excited though, because uh, one of the things that, that uh, uh, I wanted to do for this particular show is I wanted to basically go over what I'm doing for this company and uh, the techniques that I'm using that that anyone can use, and how how uh, how you can really go into a company and uh, reformat what they're doing marketing wise without having to use uh, you know general techniques that are just like your standard issue SEO you know targeted advertising Facebook ads uh, you know basic content creation. There's there's things that that we've been doing that have been really successful. So. Um, yeah, I really, uh, I really want to show this. Yeah, I, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you're doing that's crushing it, and I want to hear what you're doing that's not crushing it too. Yeah, I want to hear both. I want to hear both sides. Failure is is definitely an option. In, uh, in as I learned in the Last Jedi, that, failure right. is important. Yeah. Now, was that was that the theme of the movie that you learned that from, or just the the, the making the whole film itself? Oh no! It was the. It wasn't the from the movie itself. It was from the failure at the box office and how oh. terrible it was and how it was received by the fans. The movie was it about failure? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah, that was the, basically the theme of the movie too. So <laughs> go, go figure. So, uh, so uh, before we uh, begin, uh, I think that we should uh, go over a couple of news stories that I have. Uh, I've rounded up because, uh, you know, and, and then the other thing, I, I actually, you were at the, uh, the, the social um, media marketing world conference. In yeah, San Diego. I was, I want to hear I all was there. about that. So, uh, yeah, we're, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, so let's, let's get into the news stories. Let's get into your, uh, your tips and tricks and your like crazy marketing. What's working now in 2019 and in, in your business. And then, uh, and then let's talk about social media marketing. Yeah, world. yeah. But uh, before we uh, do that, let's uh, let's start off with a little bit of marketing news. Shall we do that? Here we go. Okay. All right. So, a um, uh, couple of interesting things. First of all, uh, LinkedIn has just added lookalike targeting, Bing tie-in ads, and B two B marketing templates to their ad platform. It's about time. And yeah, and uh, like uh, like myself, I'm sure all of you are asking, LinkedIn has an ad platform, so <laughs> <laughs> they do. And uh, I, I actually been, I, I've gotten a few ads in the uh, messaging. Uh, that's one of their new types of advertisements. I've run ads through LinkedIn, yeah. and I mean the thing with LinkedIn is this: you're you're going to be paying you pay more per click. Uh, but you're reaching a different audience than something like Google. And, and I don't know, but up until now, the platform has been pretty clunky. I know that they're continuing to kind of innovate and improve it. Um, I'm going to have to see what's coming down the pipeline, but uh, up to this point, at least in my opinion, and I think at the, at the budget level that I, my clients and myself were willing to invest in it, it's not a great platform or it hasn't been up to this point. No. Um, now, I, I, you know, I haven't played with like gigantic budgets of uh, gigantic marketing budgets, So it might be, it might be working well, you know, if you're, if you're throwing in a hundred grand a month, but I haven't, I haven't 
tested at that level. So I don't know how it's going for that. Well, I, I will, uh, I will tell you that uh, there are ways that you can uh, bypass the, uh, the LinkedIn ad platform and, and get a net a reach. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, and I, I'll explain that uh, in a little bit, but uh, anyway, it's, it, it, it is kind of interesting that they, uh, the thing that I think is most interesting is that they, they're doing link uh, lookalike targeting. So they're basically taking a page from Facebook advertising. It seems and, like uh, uh, it seems like they continue to do this. Like they they're like a year behind Facebook. Or this is actually more than one year, <laughs> but I mean, like they roll out these ad features, but they're basically just slowly copying Facebook. Yeah, um, they're not being very innovative. I'm not seeing anything crazy coming from them, but they do have a different network of people. I mean, you look at LinkedIn, their audience on LinkedIn is very different than the audience on Facebook. And if you're B two B, I mean we always say it that LinkedIn is the place to be if you're business to business. So if they can optimize this ad platform, then I would imagine that it would be the place to advertise as well. Uh, but up to this point, I have not seen the evidence to say confidently that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So we will see how that plays out, but I, I have never really run successful LinkedIn ads that, uh, you know, just the organic reach I do on LinkedIn has been far better for me. So uh, but I'll, uh, well, uh, big, big news, big news from your parts of the world there, Andros. Yeah. The European parliament has approved the copyright directive, a controversial law, including article 11 dubbed the link tax and article 13 dubbed the upload filter. So have you been following this? Cause it, for everything I I'm learning about it kind of as I go here, but uh, my understanding is that they have okay, so they passed this um, with uh, all these parts passed today, which is today is what March 26th. Um, and it passed now. This is going to make it so that there's a quote here that says it's a dark day for the uh, for the internet freedom. But my understanding is that if you are to put a photograph on social media or uh, even even uh, GIF animation, so even if you use a GIF animation, you are subject to copyright laws. And if you post without permission or without proper citations, I'm not exactly sure how this is going. Cause this is like, this is brand new stuff. Um, you are subject to massive fines, uh, from the government. Now they're also talking about a link tax and it looks like if you're going to link out to other people's content. So if I like wanted to, you know, curate content and then share a, like, you know, to summarize an article and then share a link to it, you can't even do that anymore. You have to pay a tax in order to link to other people's content is my understanding. Now I, I, again, this is a, this is so new that I might be, I might, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold. I mean, I normally I would say hold what I say as gospel, but in this case, you might want to take it with a grain of salt because I have not spent enough time researching all this. Yeah. But this is all coming down the pipeline. None of this is in effect yet. This is, they have 24 months to officially put this into law, um, but it has passed. So now at this point, it's just a waiting for the laws to pass. It's kind of like when GDPR was put through, but you had to have that waiting period before it became official. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of scary. Uh, I don't like it. I think, I think this law, this law was created by people who, don't know what the internet is and they have no idea how it works. First of all, it's going to be pretty much unenforceable. I mean, the only way that they're going to be able to enforce it is if they shut down the internet, right? Uh, well, it, even it, Facebook had said, so basically the only way to enforce this, so this is what I was reading yesterday, is that if you upload an image like through Facebook, Facebook would have to have some sort of filtering software that could go through the entire internet and identify copyright material, but there's just too much out there to make that realistic. Yeah. So essentially they'd have to like pull Facebook out of the European Union if it became that harsh. So I don't know. Well, you know, it, it's really interesting because the European Union has these very strange laws uh, you know, Google was fined something like thirty-one billion dollars. Uh, was thirty-one billion? I, I think that number's off. But they they were fined. It was a lot. It was a I lot. I don't think it was thirty-one billion, no, but it was it was a it was lot. A billion, one point three billion. Anyway, it was a lot of money uh, because of the way that they're running their advertising uh, platform. And and it, it's you know I understand on on one level, but the thing is, is that you you can't the the genie's out of the bottle on this one, folks. You can't. You can't put these kind of laws in. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the, somebody will come up with some sort of internet filtering platform that, you know, you pay a little bit of money into and, you know, but this is, it's ridiculous. Well, well get, get this, get this. According to this uh, article 11, which is the link tax article, it says that it lets publishers charge platforms such as Google News 
if if Google News wants to display a snippet of a news story, then the uh, then the cure, the creating publisher could charge Google to do that as if it's like a, a privilege to be on Google. I mean, that should be you should want to be on Google. That's how you get discovered. Yeah, that, I, this is crazy. This is yeah. like people that just don't understand. Yeah, you're right. They don't understand anything. Yeah, apparently, because this is crazy. You know, it's like it's like it, it, and, you know, the people that make these laws, it's like the Facebook. It's like the it's like the Facebook um, Congress. Yeah. Things we were talking about, like how out of touch, how out of touch the senators and Congress. Yeah, it was like it was like people from the Stone <laughs> oh Age God. talking to an AI robot. That's essentially what that was. But yes, um, that's what this sounds like as well. Parliament apparently is similar. We'll keep you uh, informed, folks, as that moves forward. Um, this is kind of interesting. Instagram has debuted an in-app checkout for e-commerce brands. Now, uh, this is That's a new big. feature that allows, yeah, this allows users to make purchases without leaving the app. So basically, I mean, this is brilliant. If you sell a product of some sort on Instagram, you can create a full web shop using Instagram. Think about that. You could sell anything uh, on Instagram. So I have, uh, some lucky sticks that I'm going, that could be, this could be a big rival to Shopify. I mean, this could, this could hurt them. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, think about target market, younger millennials who are using this platform and they see something on, uh, on, you know, their, the, uh, web shop that they like, they can purchase it directly through Instagram. No need for going to another website or anything like that. So uh, if you are a e-commerce brand, get on this now because uh, it's going. Yes. Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah. This is the moment. So kind of interesting. Uh, so, uh, you know, in, 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 as far as marketing goes, if you're a marketer and uh, you have a, uh, a client or, or you're, you, you're learning about marketing that has some sort of e-commerce brand, uh, definitely start looking into this because this is going to be big. Um, this is kind of interesting too. McDonald's has just bought a, uh, a company called Dynamic Yield and it's a tech company and it's designed to personalize drive through kiosk and mobile app experiences. Now, uh, lately, uh, McDonald's is going through a automation uh, kind of revolution. If you go into almost any McDonald's here in the Netherlands, uh, you will see that behind the counter there's maybe a quarter of the staff that there used to be. But you know, they don't call it a quarter pounder in the Netherlands. They call it, what do they call it? They, they actually, call it a Roy actually L with cheese. You know what? That's I, just, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to get over here, man. I'll prove it to you. But, uh, but if uh, all the, all the McDonald's have these kiosks in there because it cuts down on the uh, amount of staff. It, it's, you know, they, the, the kiosks don't call in sick. You don't have to pay the minimum wage. And, uh, and here's the other thing about those kiosks is that uh, they have found that when you're at a kiosk, people tend to buy bigger orders and get, you know, they, they, they tend to upgrade the fries, they get the milkshake, because there's mm. not that human sort of shape. Because the kiosks always ask, they always ask for the upsell, yeah. unlike the humans who sometimes but get not, shy. Humans can get shy. That, they might get into a conversation you, or People something. get embarrassed by like, oh, uh, no, I don't want to do that because the person in, behind them or the, you know, they don't want to be judged. And a kiosk never judges. And this is why uh, I think all future sex robots will have a McDonald's kiosk in their front chest. <laughs> <laughs> so you can... That could very, very but, uh, well be the case. That's big, though. I mean, I think I think McDonald's is pivoting yeah. in a smart way because I, I think uh, buying a tech company is very, very smart. I think they're understanding that their the business model is shifting. They're getting ahead of this instead of falling behind like they did. You know, they, they've been for a long time. They've been falling behind. I mean, like Chipotle yeah. overtook them until they obviously until they had their problems. Um, they, but they've been overtaken by a lot of these companies that were offering healthier options and kind of pivoting. And now McDonald's is finally um, getting back into the game. So I think whoever is in charge, I don't know who runs the company these days, but I think they're, they have somebody younger. Or, or at least they have somebody on, on, on staff. Well, they have somebody younger that's kind of uh, knows what they're doing, or they have some young people on staff that, that know what they're doing. And I, I, think they're, I think they're making some smart moves. So uh, I'm excited to see what comes. Yeah, well, this, this is a, an AI-powered uh, company that uses AI to personalize digital customer touch points. And depending on the time of day, weather, uh, restaurant traffic. So uh, I'm sure it's going to get to the point where, you know, you can go up to the kiosk. It'll kind of know who you are. 
and uh, personalized orders. <laughs> Retina <laughs> identification, like it'll just scan your eyes yeah. and then it'll like, and then it'll like buy your eye and your pupil dilation. It'll know exactly how hungry you are. <laughs> oh man, scary time. We're getting there. We're getting there. This is like, this is a crazy news week. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a lot of stories right now. Go ahead. What do you, what do you got? Well, here's some uplifting news. The EU parliament, you know, they may have voted, uh, voted this crazy dumb law into effect, but they did in their infinite wisdom, uh, vote to end daylight savings time. Finally. Oh, and wow. By 20, yeah. By 2021, uh, daylight savings, uh, will finally end. Thank goodness. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, here, here's a, here's a funny little tidbit though. You know, when this law went into effect, I don't daylight savings, it started in 1996. So it wasn't, it, we haven't been dealing with it that long, but you know. Oh, interesting. 1996. Yeah. Very interesting. Wait, before we, before we wrap up news, I do, I do want to talk about the new Apple streaming service too, because that just rolled out. Like they just did their event. Um, like, I don't know, a day or two ago. And they, they announced that they have like some big, big names involved in it. I know they had Steven Spielberg announced. They have like Chris Evans. They have, uh, uh, they have M night. Yeah. How do you say M night? Shyam, Shalaman, Shalaman, the creator of Shyamalan, the creator of such hits as, uh, as avatar or as, as the last airbender. Yeah. Amazing, amazing movie. <laughs> what a twist. The guy made a good movie once. <laughs> the last airbender. Was that good? I never actually saw it. I heard it was terrible. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, but you know, what do you think? Do they have a chance of, of competing here? I mean, they're, they're pretty late to the party I mean, just because they have some big names. I mean, is that really, is that enough? What, what do you got? What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like you, uh, we're, we're, you know, there's Disney, there's Netflix, there's Apple, there's, <laughs> you know, a, a whole host of other, I mean, it's, it's kind of overkill. It, it really will co- come down to one thing is like, are they going to have good content? Yeah. Because if the content is poopy, uh, then, you know, you're right. You're right. It, it, I mean, they'll be the, they'll be the early adopters. But if, uh, if all of a sudden, like we have these amazing shows coming on, I think that I think the the, the streaming service that's going to dominate is the Disney Go. That's I do too because uh, I think they have all the kids. I mean, it's kids. Kids are the people that watch their shows like over and over and over and over. Because I have one, and I, I you know, and uh, he's in daycare, so I see I see it. I see it. Yeah. And I I think that the kids and their kid movies and their kid TV shows. I, and I, I just see Disney is going to dominate. Plus they own Marvel. And it, oh, it's and, like, and yeah, they, they're just going to kill it. John Favreau's doing the Mandalorian and uh, they're doing like two Star, they own Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing two uh, Marvel shows that they say are going to actually tie into the MCU instead of being kind of the, the bastard stepchildren, but, you know, so, man, I, I mean, that was, that, it's like, it's like if they had on it, I wish, I just wish that they had uh, blended these things together. So to, it wouldn't have been that hard, but you know, to show yeah. like, it wouldn't have been that hard. I mean, it's like, yeah, apparently it's that hard because they're like, they didn't want to bring Netflix yeah. to the party. Apparently there must've been some, there must've been some bad blood there. They knew, they knew that bringing Netflix to the party would be, uh, yeah. a conflict later on. I don't know. There was something. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep you posted on that as well. Uh, so, uh, okay. So I, I, uh, I have just, uh, I got this job, which is really great. I am the, uh, this is a, a beautiful title. I am the official global digital marketing manager slash director mm. for, um, uh, I rise Merck liquid crystal windows. And, this is a cool technology. Basically what it is, is it's a, uh, a technology that you have like a window and uh, with one button, it can turn dark. It's, it's basically uh, like a it's like smart glass. It, it is smart glass. That's exactly what it is. But, uh, yeah. but uh, this particular product is different from all of the smart glass on the market because all of the smart glass uh, takes uh, several seconds to uh, darken. And this does it in three seconds and um, uh, without film. So that's the other thing is that the other, there, there are versions that do it faster, but they have a film and the film uh, is uh, not transparent. But with these windows, they're completely transparent. So, uh, you, you know, you don't see any kind of film that's blocking the view. Uh, this is uh, it's 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 the same technology uh, Merck makes for liquid crystal televisions and OLED lights and uh, that's one of their, they, they do pharmaceuticals, but they also do 
liquid crystals. They make liquid. It's a whole business that they uh, have done. And so they're getting into this uh, market. So I've been learning all about uh, glass and uh, switchable glass and dimmable glass and very interesting stuff. But, uh, uh, and I love the company. I mean, it's it, Merck is uh, 350 years old and they've been, uh, they've been at it a while and they're, uh, in their pharmaceutical division, while everyone was raising their prices, uh, they actually lowered some of their prices on their pharmaceuticals. So, uh, you know, they, uh, it's, a, it's a great company. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm working in, uh, in Veldhoven, which is near uh, Eindhoven. And Eindhoven is like the tech hub of Europe. And so there's all this innovation and cool stuff uh, going on. So when I, when I came aboard, there was no, um, uh, absolutely no social media presence. They barely built their website. The SEO wasn't very good on it. And uh, so I stepped in and I, first thing I did was I set up their social media platform. So thinking about what their, uh, kind of what their, their demographic was, it was more B2B, obviously, because uh, you, we have to talk to uh, architects and the architects uh, decide whether or not to include this product into their building. And, uh, uh, you know, this extra electronics that, that go into uh, the facade structure if you put this building in there. But they immediately started getting attention. Uh, however, even when they did a, uh, when I first showed up, uh, they had a huge uh, trade show that they did. And they didn't even have like any mechanism to send out a, uh, an email to follow up. So one of the first things I did was rather than use Salesforce to send a general email, follow-up email to all of their leads, I, uh, I worked with the other teams and I did personal emails to every single one of the contacts. So that's number one. Rather than uh, uh, sending out like a general like, you know, canned email that was just going to end up in the uh, promotions box of people's uh, uh, emails, I, uh, inboxes, I, I, I set it up. So we had one email that we sent, but we changed a little bit in the top end of it. So it seemed more personalized and we reached out to every single person personally. So how many people is, are on this list? Like, what are we talking here? How many people are on the list? After I scrubbed the list, I cleaned it. I, I went to a website called uh, Never Bounce, which looked for whether or not okay. the uh, emails were valid. Uh, 525. And then we split it among the okay. team members. So it didn't take that long. That's not that do, bad. But the response was great because people felt a little more like, oh, you're, you're reaching out personally. Yeah. And I mean, the deliverability is going to be way improved by doing that. So number one, you're actually going to get in the inbox. That's important. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, and you're right. Yeah. People are more likely to respond to personalized messages. I and mean, we've talked about that already. So that's, yeah. I, I love, I love what you're doing. And so the response has been good that I take it. Yep. So that was really great. Uh, next thing I did was I, uh, I used uh, a, a small plugin that we've talked about on the show before called Duck Soup on LinkedIn. Uh, all of the uh, people at the company, you know, they hadn't really leveraged LinkedIn. So I took a few uh, uh, of the people that I work with and I uh, gave them a personal LinkedIn mastery course and uh, upgraded their LinkedIn profiles. And then I started running Duck Soup in the background. So they automatically connected to decision makers within their company. Now, what Duck Soup is, for those of you who don't know, it's a uh, it's kind of a bot that you can purchase uh, through the Chrome Web Store. It costs $14.99 a month. And what it does is it automates your connection requests to LinkedIn. So you can kind of set up a personalized note that puts somebody's first name in the, in the note. And uh, you, know, you can also put in their industry. And then you, uh, you just kind of set it and it will, uh, without, uh, without having to do anything, it will uh, leave a message for a connection, ask for a connection request, and endorse some skills for them. And uh, you could do this and over it throttle, and over again. It, it throttles it too, so that it doesn't flag the LinkedIn algorithm. So, because if you right. do too many connection requests in a day, you can get flagged. Uh, but this software is designed to throttle the amount of requests that it sends, depending on if you have a paid account or a free account. It'll change. But yeah, it's efficient and you, it, it'll do as many as it can without getting flagged, basically. Yeah, that's right. And so, so uh, what I did was I uh, doubled and tripled the uh, connections that some of the key players at the company had 
So they uh, established like a larger network with uh, with all the people that worked at these different companies. And so uh, I also had all of them uh, sign up for LinkedIn Premium, which is the uh, the job seeker, which is the lowest end you can do, $30 a month. And uh, that way you can do an advanced search. So we, we searched for people in certain areas where we knew the decision makers would work, uh, the industries that they would work in. Uh, we focused in on on the top level executives, and then those were the people that we made the connection request to. So that was the second thing that I did, right? So I I, I went into the key players in the in the uh, company, and I boosted each of their individual profiles on LinkedIn. I rewrote some of their profiles so they uh, they would show up better in the LinkedIn algorithm. I cleaned up their URLs, you know. So I did. I, I gave them all LinkedIn. Uh, uh, Kind of, uh, you know, a LinkedIn course. crash mastery course. I love it. That's right. That's right. Uh, so on, now we have uh, several people within the company that are now growing the network. So uh, for the next phase of what I was going to do. So uh, the third phase was we had a really well done professional movie uh, that was created, but uh, they didn't have a YouTube channel. So I created a YouTube channel and I keyworded it a special way. So uh, the movie would show up in search results. And then we created a digital campaign to uh, basically raise awareness. So again, focusing on decision makers, we created a pre-roll ad uh, and uh, we ended up with uh, over a million and a half views of the video. So uh, that was really good. We also simultaneously run a, ran a Google display ad uh, on different websites. Again, this is uh, for people who are uh, into architecture and uh, industrial design and these types of things. So we were able to really focus on the people that would uh, just kind of run into us. So, you know, this and what, what is do you when, of- when a uh, when you run the ads? I'm just curious because I got to know when you're running yeah. these Google Display ads and somebody clicks the ad. Are you do you have a landing page built out that's just capturing lead data or like what what is the call to action? Are you just trying to get them to book appointments to talk to a sales rep or what's the call to action? Well, here's this was the one thing where I had because they they had already kind of set this all in motion before I I, I stepped in and they started the uh, they wanted to start the ad campaign right away. So unfortunately, they did not get a landing page. They were just going into the main page. Um, okay, so just driving traffic. Yeah, yeah, just driving traffic. I mean, we we got a lot of uh, traffic, but I that's the that's the one area that I was kind of like, I wished we had waited just a little bit longer to create some personalized landing pages. But we'll we'll do that on the next round. You know, but regardless of that fact, we. Uh, we did drive a lot of traffic and, and we can retarget these people. I also, yeah, I was gonna say, the good uh, news is that you're, you're going to get a lot of good data and that data can be data. reused. So yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so we'll definitely do some retargeting. Um, and it's also interesting to see like how people, what they do once they're on the website and, uh, kind of follow their trail. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at the data. The other thing that I did was, uh, um, I, I've been working with this, uh, with this digital agency. So I did a little bit of research to make sure that they were using the correct keywords. I helped them out a little bit with some uh, keyword data. And then uh, what I did was I also told them that they needed to start running some split tests to see how the ads can, might be improved. So uh, they started running a, uh, a simultaneous ad so we could do some A-B tests. So uh, that was that was kind of the more practical stuff uh, that I did. And then, of course, I did uh, some SEO work on, on the website and uh, created a, a news page, which they didn't have. So now they have a news page so we can start running a blog. So that, that's all kind of the preliminary work just going in to set that up. So now we have an Instagram account, a YouTube account, uh, and a... Uh, uh, a LinkedIn uh, page for the business. This was the other thing that I noticed, which was uh, they didn't hadn't done, which is they they didn't have a company page on LinkedIn. So people were connecting to different parts of Merck uh, or just writing in like their you know the business that they were working for. So we didn't have one unified business page. So that that that. Getting people aboard on that was was great. Well, I think I think what's great about the business page is that 
Yeah, then all your employees can be under the same umbrella. So if somebody clicks on the business page and they want to see who works at Merck, they're going to see the correct employees, at least for that division. So it'll be a list yeah. of the right employees. And then uh, if somebody wants to reach out to your company, they know who to contact. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, and, and I'm getting more and more people uh, kind of buying into the whole LinkedIn thing. Because, you know, some people just don't even have LinkedIn pages. But the, uh, the next phase of this is where the, the real meat kind of, uh, you know, I, cause I have this long-term plan of like how I'm going to do this. So two things that I wanted to do, cause we talked about LinkedIn ads at the beginning of the conversation and the, uh, the LinkedIn ads themselves, you know, they're expensive, but, uh, you know, if you think of that, every single person has about 500 connections and, uh, and when you share a piece of content, it goes to those connections potentially. So that means you have you, you, and there's about 50 employees at this division. So that gives you, uh, about 25,000 potential interactions per week. If you, if every single person in the company shared one piece of content, right. Uh, potentially you could reach, you could reach 25,000 different people in, in, one week. And so, so, uh, one of the things that you and I've talked about, you know, is of course the rule of seven, right? You have to have seven interactions with people before they, um, uh, kind of gravitate towards your brand or, or, or recognize it. Mm -hmm. So by using LinkedIn, uh, and then, uh, you know, some retargeting methods on, uh, the Google display ad network, then we're reaching a lot of these people. So, the, the final thing, this is like the, the biggest part of all of this that I've been doing is, uh, you know, th there's, there's, there's a few ways you can approach social media. And, and what a lot of businesses do is they show their best face. Uh, they show like, uh, you know, the staged shot of, of what they're doing. They show, uh, you know, or they, they broadcast like something's on sale or, you know, they do like heavy marketing. And rather than doing that, what I'm doing with their uh, Instagram account is I am creating a storyline in which we are following the adventures of this company as it starts to grow. So by, by doing that, one of the ways that I'm getting buy-in to have people share content at the company is I'm creating these little tiny documentaries about one and a half minutes for each of the employees. So it, it shows them what they do and, and how they're involved in this company. So rather than talking about how great the product is, I'm talking, I'm having the, the, the employees themselves talk about what it's like to work there, right? So now we're getting into this real storytelling thing. So we're, we're actually uh, telling the story of this company rather than uh, marketing the brand, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's authentic. And so I actually took the, uh, took the footage. I like made it a little gritty and black and white. Uh, I, I degraded it. So it doesn't look like the highest quality. It looks kind of raw. And, uh, and by doing this, what I'm, I'm able to do is I'm able to go to each employee that may be not interested in just like, Hey, can you share our content? But, but giving them the opportunity to share a, their own story, right? That's good. So, so yeah, so the, the story of the company becomes part of the brand. And people then want to follow like, oh, what's going on here? What are these people doing? Uh, rather than just like, oh, here's some, you know, like this is like, oh, we have a new product or whatever. Like, so you have a story uh, with characters now. So now, yeah, it's like, okay, what's this character up to this right. week? Exactly right. So I'm having some of these characters uh, uh, create their own hashtags so they can be followed. And so the concept now, so the next evolution in this is that I'm going to be teaching the LinkedIn Mastery course, which uh, you and I have taught together. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a LinkedIn Mastery course for the company, right? So for everybody at the company. And I'm going to teach everyone at the company not what you need to do to share our content, but uh, I'm framing it as, okay, guys, we are going to do a special LinkedIn class so you can really develop your, uh, your profile in a way that will help your career, 
right? Because everybody is, everybody's like, what's in it for me? So, so instead of like thinking that I have to share content, we are giving them the ability to learn how to use LinkedIn in a way that they can leverage their skills to maybe get even a better career and, and leave this company. So uh, once that happens and they are happy with the results of their LinkedIn profile and they get content that's specifically about them, they're going to be more willing to share it on LinkedIn, which gets out. Are you saying that people are self-interested? Is that what you're saying? That's a dark, dark thought, Andres. I know, isn't it? It really is. But uh, <laughs> I'm not. I only like I has... live for I live for others. I'm Mother Teresa. I'm basically Mother Teresa. You're the you're the most giving person <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so in the, in the next coming weeks, I'll be, uh, I'll be posting videos about, uh, about the people that work at the company and, uh, having them share it. And, and, you know, we can't force anyone to share content on LinkedIn that they don't want to, but, uh, if, if people are volunteering and I say, Hey, we all want to be successful and secure our own jobs. Right. So, uh, every Wednesday, Let's all go to the uh, business page and share the content that I'm posting. And now, is there like a is, is there like you. a through line to all this? Are you are you telling the, the story of the glass too? Like through the stories of the characters, or like how how does this tie yeah. into like the product too? Are you you like is there you're hitting the mission of the of the glass and all that too? Or yeah, absolutely. So so there's three there, and that's a great question. So there's a few levels to it. So. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Instagram page, uh, the, the Instagram account will basically be more like the story driven, uh, stuff. The, yeah. uh, the stuff that we're posting on LinkedIn and YouTube will be more like about the product and the people. But, uh, but I, I, I want to tell the story about the product of, you know, like when we, uh, open up a new building that has these, uh, windows in it, then, uh, we'll be there. Right. We'll be there and we'll be talking to, to people uh, about like how this building is innovative. Uh, there's a building that we're opening in November and it's going to be totally state of the art. It's this giant dome with these windows in it that like change uh, their translucency. It's it's really incredible. And um, and so, you know, we'll be we'll be there opening the building. And uh, so part of the story is, of course, like the people who helped build it and then the road trip down there because we're all going to go together, you know, in the same car to the place. And it's like a long road trip. So we'll be telling that story, staying in the hotel room. Uh, you know, what goes on behind the scenes of this company as we're trying to build this brand, right? So the story-driven part of the, of, of the marketing will be, I think, what will draw people in uh, to uh, to want to see what happens. We, we also, uh, I'm lucky because I, I have, uh, um, Adobe just released a new uh, small uh, piece of software called uh, Adobe Rush. And it's, a, uh, a, it's an editing program for uh, iPhone and for iPad. So you can create content, edit it, pretty easily. Uh, you can upload it directly from the app or you can drop it into uh, Premiere and uh, do some fine tuning and, and tweaking with it. So uh, video content, uh, photographic content, uh, and then getting the uh, whole team to coordinate. And uh, as I create content, they'll be sharing it on LinkedIn and uh, reaching out to those key decision makers. And so by doing that, we're, we're leveraging the story, but we're also leveraging uh, the personal touch. So we're using some uh, marketing through the Google Display Network and through video ads, uh, but mostly a lot of the interaction that we're going to be getting is just through uh, leveraging, you know, LinkedIn and, and some of these other social platforms. So interesting uh, stuff. Interesting yeah. stuff. And uh, so, so it sounds it, like you're uh, you're staying pretty you're staying pretty busy then, huh? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm definitely keeping busy because I've got to come up with the quote storylines, you know, and figure out how we're going to leverage it and what platforms we're going to, you know, do it on. And then there's a whole host of other things. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that just gives you an idea of kind of like what I, the way that I work around these particular, uh, types of industries. And I think that, that, uh, it can be replicatable. So, the, the main thing is, folks, is that if you are, again, if you're, if you're are marketing for other people or you're a small business owner, uh, then 
it's really about story driving. So if you uh, have a client that you want to impress, uh, try that tact where, you're, where you tell them, like, I want to tell the story of your company. And people love that. I mean, it's, it's where we're at these days. People, people love behind the scenes and they love yeah, the faces behind the yeah. company. So I agree. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're doing, that's definitely the way to go these days. So, so uh, if work. you go, if you go on Instagram, it's uh, I rise E Y R I S E and, uh, or just reach out to me on LinkedIn and follow the company page and you'll start to see the story unfold. So hopefully I do a good so job. Wait, I rise say that again. So is it I rise? So just E Y or is it E Y E? No, it's E Y R I S E dot com. Okay. E Y R I S E. I rise. Follow them on Instagram. Hear the story. See Andres's work in action. That's Let's right. see if it's any good. That's right. The, the, yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, who knows. That's I, another. That's another story it, about being good. It, yeah. it is. It is as good as this podcast. So. That's right. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, beauty being in the eye of the beholder, you know who's beautiful? <laughs> I do. I do know what's beautiful. But you got what, what? What would you say is beautiful, though? I would say beauty is in the AI. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, beauty is in, the, is in the AI of the beholder. <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Sputnik News, which Sounds is, Russian. Uh, you know, it's Russian. So, yeah, it's Russian. So I don't know how to feel about that these days. Uh, and uh, this is uh, a article that uh, with the headline, uh, Sex Bot Harmony. Harmony is made, of course, by our friends over at uh, Real Doll or Realtronics. Uh, Sexbot Harmony chews over Donald Trump in a spontaneous chat with fans. So uh, again, this is great marketing on their part. What they're doing is they're taking their sex robot that has AI in it, and they uh, they get fans to ask it questions. So uh, one of the uh, um, one you know what you know what uh, some companies call this too. They call this newsjacking. You're taking big stories in the media and leveraging that audience to to you know boost yourself up. Yeah. Newsjacking. That's today's word of the day. Newsjacking. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so in an unscripted uh, uh uh conversation one fan asked the robots take on the US President Donald Trump and the doll said, you know, I don't like to judge anyone. Current President Donald Trump was not expected to win the election. And he can be very controversial sometimes. So there you go. Like, thank you, Harmony, for, you know. Did, it, did she comment about his hand size or anything like that? I'm sure if you asked her, she would say, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she would say. I don't know what's happening in the mind of an AI robot, but just know that when when the ai over robot overlords uh sex robot overlords come and take us away then uh yes know, i would i would totally vote for one for president so uh, yes me too of course yeah. all right so uh and with that another edition of the sex robot report thank you to potty to bear for yes the and we love music. we love ai any any ai listening to this podcast should know that we love you and we are to be spared we are to be spared we're not like the other humans yeah <laughs> we're not obsolete like them <laughs> what else you got for us man oh uh you were at the well i mean i could i could talk a little bit about yeah i was at social media marketing yeah. world which was a pretty cool event uh, a three-day event with a lot of cool speakers out there um people like Pat Flynn, um, some of the bigger names. We had Amy Porterfield out there. Uh, I mean, those are like, I guess those are like the most well-known in the marketing world. I'm sure there's plenty of other names that I'm uh, not remembering off the top of my head. Uh, One of the ones I did want to kind of bring up though was I, actually this was the first workshop I went to, but it was also probably the most memorable of the whole thing was this workshop run by Mike Rhodes, who runs a Google agency out of Australia. Apparently it's one of the top, I can't remember if it was top 20 or top, 10 even in the whole world. Um, it's a Google, it's a Google marketing agency. Uh, but he's also highly in touch with the way Google is adopting AI in business and soon to be more and more involved in the advertising platforms. Hmm. So, you know, the targeting, the 
essentially, basically what he was saying is the thing that's going to be coming down the pipeline quicker than anything else is that, you know, the, uh, people that are, their job is to you know measure over data and analytics, that stuff's going to be the easiest stuff to replace. Um, you know, one of the things he said though, is that he sees a positive light of man versus machines. So instead of, uh, you know, you know, I, I'm on the Elon Musk train here. I'm pretty sure as soon as, uh, as soon as Skynet, you know, gets fully self-aware that, you know, they launched the nukes, but I, he sees it differently. So he sees, uh, <laughs> he sees, he sees a synergy between humans and machines. And he says that not only, um, is there a synergy, but that humans and machines can coexist in a working environment and that yes, you know, AI is going to replace a ton of jobs, um, but it's going to replace tasks. So, uh, so jobs will be done by uh, jobs will be done by machines, um, um, but it's, it's the tasks that are really done by the machines. So they're still going to need humans to kind of oversee. And the but the the basic the mundane stuff is all going to be replaced. So if you're on an assembly line, if you're doing things that are like super task oriented, that stuff is going to be easily replaced. And definitely in the first generation of AI, that stuff's going to be moving on out. Yeah. Now, one of the, he, we, we talked about like the evolution of how humans were or how computers were drawing humans and, and we, and, and how it's gone from like 2014. I have like a little tiny black and white sketch of like a face that kind of looked blurry and looked kind of like a human mm-hmm. all the way to 2019, where you can go to the website, um, this person does not exist.com. <laughs> and it's like this full, awesome rendering of people that don't actually exist. And if you refresh the page, it'll just generate images of humans through a, through an AI algorithm that um, don't actually exist on the planet, but look completely real. And it's kind of creepy in a, in a lot of uh, weird ways. So uh, that's happening. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just kind of, uh, and even um, one of the things that, that I, I had not heard this, but there's a, there's a writing, uh, there's actually a writing thing called the GP2 have you, or GPT2. Have you heard of this at all, Andres? No, I haven't. It's a, it's an A it's an AI machine that uh, apparently writes so well that um, they shut it down because it's so good. And they, they're afraid of the abuses that could happen with it. <laughs> so apparently if you Google GPT two, uh, you can learn about this, but there's some writing AI um, program. that's already out there. That's like, you know, outwriting, I don't know, Shakespeare, maybe, I don't know who he's outwriting, but it's, it's outwriting. It's outwriting at least uh, Tom Clancy. I mean, it's outrunning Tom Clancy already in one day. In one wow. day, it's outrunning Tom Clancy. That that that's I don't know. That's I just made, that, I just made that up. But that's not hard. To do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, interesting. So, so uh, how close are we to our robot overlords uh, taking over? Well, I mean, the first iteration of AI is here. We're just seeing it more in uh, in the fact that it's going to be showing up in the analytics and the remarketing, all that stuff is going to be more AI based coming in the next year or two, uh, even to the point where he predicts um, that Google keyword SEO is going to be dead in the next five years. Hmm, so I can see that keyword SEO is going to be gone. And that makes perfect sense if you think about it. Cause I mean, really that's, that's manipulated. Um, it's, it's easier to manipulate that. And we're going to be, we're moving into where it's, it's really audience based. So search engine marketing is going to be about audiences and remarketing to audiences. Yeah. And Google is already getting really good at predicting who's going to buy and what people are going to buy and when they're going to buy um, to a very, very high extent. So things are, things are moving fast. Um, you know, this was like a two hour presentation. I'm trying to condense into like five minutes. So <laughs> I'm trying to like jam a bunch of stuff in here as fast as I can. Uh, but it's, uh, it's crazy what's coming. The world is going to be on a very, the world's going to be very different in the next 10 years than it is right now. And it might be, it might be exponentially different. It might be, but regardless, it's going to be a huge shift. No matter what, it's going to be a massive, massive shift in the way that uh, the world is handled. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Well, uh, as things shift, we will uh, keep you posted here on Marketing Geeks about what those shifts are and how to leverage them. And uh, yeah. yeah, what else you got for me? Uh, well, other than that, I, you know, I, I met with, um, I went to a workshop with somebody working for magic leap. So we talked a little bit about a lot about AR and what's coming down the pipe with the augmented reality. And you know what she told me that was like the most shocking of the whole presentation, uh, that you're tall and very good looking. Well, 
that wasn't shocking. That was normal. <laughs> but what was shocking was that um, she still has faith in Snapchat because Snapchat has pivoted from a social media company to a, an augmented reality company, essentially. So she still believes that there is a future for Snapchat as a wearable tech augmented reality company. Well, we'll and see. There might be some truth to that. There, we'll see. I know. <laughs> I, know we'll it's still like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I got, she had, she had, uh, she worked for magic leap. Um, she was showing off, uh, she had the, the headsets out there. I got to try on a headset of magic leap and, and how saw was it? How some was of the, the technology, not like, like well, like, I only saw, I saw that some of the augmented reality stuff. So it was able to project like an, I, I put on the glasses, it projected an image in front of me. It looked, I mean, it looked great. Um, it was also an interactive thing. So they have like a little window that I could like, if I move to the left, I could see through the window, different, you know, sections, different things like that. So the technology is, is there. It, it still needs, uh, it still needs some refinement. And I, but I mean, again, I only, I didn't get to see all the cool stuff with, with magic league. I wasn't able to play any games or anything, which is, that's the stuff I really want to do. I want to play. With- how, how clunky was it? Like overall, how clunky was the tech? Uh, I mean, it's still, it's still like the headset is still pretty large and clunky <laughs> for one. So I, I think over time we're going to see those like become down to the size of regular glasses. Um, but it, yeah. it, as far as the tech, I mean, it was pretty seamless. It, it seemed to be working pretty well. I, th- I think um, it's not, you remember when they did the crowdfunding campaign and they came up with that promo video and it was like this crazy mm, promo yeah. video where they were like biting zombies and stuff like that. <laughs> and it turned out to be false. It, it was like, like it was, totally it was false. done by Weta. Yeah. Yeah. Well that, yeah. uh, yeah, they're not there yet. So they're, <laughs> it's not, it's not at that level, uh, but it, it's impressive. And they're, um, and what they're doing is going to change marketing because they've already, they're already at the level where like companies like Ikea, you can now go to a, like Ikea's app if you have an iPhone 10 or above and you can actually place, you know, uh, at scale furniture items virtually in your home to see like what fits and what doesn't they're starting to map human bodies. And when that's done, they're going to be able to, you'll be able to try on clothes virtually and actually map and see how they'll fit on your body. And that's going to be big. Um, apparently target has already started trademarking. I forget, I forget the actual name of this, but it's like virtual changing rooms or something like that, or, or augment. I don't know. They have, they had some name that they're already trademarking. I guess if you Google it, you could probably find out, but target is already trademarking things about, or, or I think it's augmented mirrors too, like augmented changing mirrors. So there's already there's already people that are trying that are trying to get like mirrors that you'll be able to like interact with the mirror and it'll let you try on like different clothes virtually that way. So that's going to be coming to, sup- uh, to, wow. to supermarkets to stores. So there's yeah there's some cool stuff coming. So that and, out of know, everything, it, this was the most exciting stuff. And this is this is something that you know we talked to at the beginning of the you know the update when we talked about um, Instagram giving you a virtual web shop within the app itself. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a marketer, this is the other thing is you have got to include the customer journey, uh, to, to keep, keep in mind that, uh, a lot of brick and mortar stores are just more like living catalogs, right? Because most people do their shopping online now. So, uh, you know, as we move forward towards that, uh, you have to stay on top of this technology because just think about the way that you shop, right? Yeah. And or I shop, or you, anyone listening shops. You go on Amazon, you look at reviews, you do a little bit of research before you make a purchase. Um, and if you go into a store to look at something, most likely you're just like looking at it, and you might buy it online. So you got to keep keep this all in mind with these uh, customer touch points. Yeah. Last thing I just want to share is uh, they had these uh, Bose uh, augmented audio glasses they're they're pretty stylish so they're actually like stylish looking bows augmented um sunglasses that you can try on um you 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 could be like probably six inches away from them if they're not on your on on your face and you don't hear anything you put them on all of a sudden you're having like this full 3d theatrical audio experience so those are pretty crazy and they're to the point where you could be driving and if you nod your head i think it was they have a trigger i think if you nod your head it'll answer your phone for you um, and you can, Jeez. you can set up different, like, yeah, different kind of head motion triggers. So, uh, pretty soon they're going to have, like, you'll see like, I don't know, like certain markings on, on things. And if you have those augmented audio devices, you'll be able to go up, nod your head and then hear like a, a description of what you're looking at, something like that. So that's all, that's all coming as well. So there's a lot of cool tech, uh, that I got pre got the preview and, uh, those Bose glasses though cool. are available I nod now. My head, I just hear... 
I just, whenever I nod my head, I just hear like, it sounds like people screaming in my ear and, and I'm in the room alone. So I don't know. And that's probably because you already have an implanted device in your head. You just didn't know it. Yeah. Or it could be that I just have a four year old. Well, that too. But you so know. with that, <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone. Once again, for marketing geeks next week, we're going to have, uh, we have a guest lined up, but uh, right, I don't want to tell anyone. Because it's going to be a, secret. a big surprise. It's a big surprise. It's a, I'm so excited. I hope you like surprises. You know what I, what, because the next yeah. guest that we have is going to shock you in ways that you've never been shocked before. <laughs> Sounds weird. Yeah. The next guest, number seven, will shock you. <laughs> the seventh word out of their mouth is going to absolutely astonish you. <laughs> you like electrical shock sockets? <laughs> this one will shock you. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. Once again, uh, Marketing Geeks. Has this, it goes by so fast, man. It sure does, doesn't it? It just goes. It just goes and it goes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we want you to know that you can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, for those of you who have reached out to me recently and I haven't responded, I am sorry. Uh, obviously, my new job has been keeping me uh, a little busy. But I'm, uh, I'm going to get back to everybody, and uh, please keep reaching out to me. Let us know what you think. Leave a review. Uh, let us know yeah. what we're doing. Uh, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, stay classy.